Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show. I'm your host, Kenei Quarter, National Certified Counselor and the world's number one clinical financial hypnotherapist. Each week, I'll share with you the research I'm uncovering as I chronicle the search for meaning over money. My interviews, tips, and resources will help you determine what you need to get the most out of your practice and your life. Because life is about more than money. It's about meaning. So let's get into today's show. Hey, hey, Pros. Welcome to Money and Meaning Podcast. What's happening? Huh. So it's around, depending upon when you're listening to this, it's around March 17th. And do you remember March 17th, 2020? It was a lot happening. And this is sort of an anniversary update a not definitely not a recap i do not want to recap it's more like a covid informational here's what i learned from covid-19 and i encourage you i encourage you to think about what you learned from the experience not in like the esoteric oh i grew so much this year and all of that not actually that I want you to talk about fundamentally what is different in your life. Maybe you didn't know Zoom and now you do. I was already using it. You know, we had a virtual company two years before all of this. So Zoom was the probably the number one. Zoom and Kajabi are the number one and two resources that we use in our business. And so that wasn't something I learned, but I'm just throwing that out there. So get a pen and paper. I'm going to be probably a little bit controversial. So get ready to fuss at me, but also get ready to introspect, like turn within and say, oh, and I said, this is not about what, you know, esoteric stuff, like the high level, go deep, high level, go deep, whatever, whichever one you like. It's neither of those. We're going to say like kind of right in the middle and be really fundamental and logical and and just point out some things. I think what I want to do is I'm not freestyling. I'm not going to do that. I do have some notes, but I'm also going to let the spirit hit me, you know, like go wherever, because I think that we need to just broach the conversation. And there are a lot of things that we're just not talking about. So I'm throw a lot of questions out there that I still have. Maybe you do too. But I'm also going to talk about what I learned. Now, here's where I'm torn. I'm not sure if I want to talk about what I've learned first and then go into my questions or talk about my questions first and then go into what I've learned. I don't know what's the best way to do this, but I'm going to take make a decision. You know me. I'm all about making a decision and then making that decision right. Even if it wasn't the right decision, I have to make one. Because you're not going to stick here all day with me while I figure this out. But my thought is, I'm going to go ahead and talk about what I've learned. And in talking about this, there may be some criticisms and I might get a little sarcastic about some things. So you know what? You know what I'm, you know what I'm going to start with? I'm going to start with what I didn't learn. Ha! Huh. Yes, it just popped into my head. Thank you, whoever gave me that idea. I'm going to start with what I didn't learn. All right, you ready? So what I didn't learn was that it's important to wash your hands frequently. Were we not washing our hands? People, were we not doing that? Because 
that should have been part of our everyday anyway. So I did not learn that from COVID. I was already doing that. And I hope you were too. I did not learn to clean surfaces. Mm -mm. I was already cleaning my surfaces. In fact, I probably cleaned them a little OCD-ish because dirty surfaces. But I also grew up in the hair business where, you know, you learn bacteriology and there's a lot of communicable diseases in that industry and being of that close proximity to people. And so I learned a lot of that from there. But everybody just didn't go to, you know, barber school, cosmetology school, or grew up with a sister who was a cosmetologist or spent a lot of time in the salons and barbershops. So you might not have learned that, but that is something that I learned and it was part of my life already. And I'm not sure if restaurants and bars and and retail stores weren't doing that, but I am so glad they are now. Like, if I have to say anything that I am thankful for when it comes to COVID-19 is awareness. It's like it brought so much awareness to people as to what they were and weren't doing, like maybe washing their hands and cleaning surfaces. That whole like coughing and sneezing into your sleeve, cough and sneeze into your sleeve, you know, that thing. I don't know why people weren't doing that. And I, I, I can attest that that wasn't happening. There were times where I'm like, why is that person just coughing out and like not covering their mouths or not coughing into the sleep? Or why are they sneezing into their hands and then touching things? Oh, gross. Grody to the max. I was like, no, people. So I didn't learn that from COVID. Uh, Kano was taught that. I don't know. I guess my parents taught me that. I'm not sure. Maybe school taught me. I'm not really sure, but I did. it was just already something I knew. So I'm glad we're doing that now. So those three things to me are elementary, but, and it, like common sense, but, but they weren't happening. And, and, and that was how it was spreading, I guess they say. And so now we're more aware and we're doing that more. And if you were one of those people that were just coughing out into the air, or you were not cleaning your surfaces or not washing your hands, then I apologize if I have offended you. I did think that was common knowledge. And so if it wasn't, I am glad now that it is. Wearing a mask. I learned that when I wear a mask, my face gets dry. What did you learn? I I learned that I have to moisturize more. And I also have to not wear as much makeup because it'll get on the mask. I learned that wearing a mask for eight hours a day is unhealthy. I learned that. Mm -hmm. And breathing in your own carbon dioxide isn't healthy either. I learned that if you stay six feet away from people, then it reduces the germs that they can give you. But I don't like that. I don't like being six feet away from people. It's weird. Even in therapy, like sitting that far away from someone, it creates such a block in the connection. And even though I work virtually, there's some closeness there. And I really actually like virtual, but I always did. So I didn't learn that. So I didn't learn that I like virtual. I already knew I liked virtual. I already knew that virtual was just as effective as in-person in many ways. Now, there is something that happens in person, this transfer of energy that is easier. You can still do it virtually, but it does take a lot more energy. 
Yeah. So I didn't learn how to connect virtually. That was something I already knew. But I know that most people did not. I know that most people were in person. They were going to work every day, getting in a car, driving somewhere and turning I mean, walking into a building and, you know, turning on their computer, but really working with the person next to them, not necessarily with through the computer. Their clients weren't on the computer unless they were answering emails, which I don't do very much. <laughs> I did not learn virtual because of COVID. All of that was already part of my life. So those are a couple of things I did not learn. What did I learn? Let me tell you what I learned about people. People are easily scared. That it does not take much to scare people. That we probably live closer to fear than we do to safety. So imagine if you already felt safe. If you knew your doors were locked, your windows were locked. If you were in a room where you could see all the things. You could see the doors, you could see the windows, you... You were you had your back to the wall. You knew nothing was coming in. You knew the walls were, you know, like it reinforced and like fireproof. If you just knew this about your room, if somebody like just imagine, oh, this is a good analogy. Imagine that you knew that you were in a bulletproof car. Somebody pulls out a gun, shoots at the window. You already know this is a bulletproof car. So you're laughing at them. You're like, ha, huh, you are gonna be so disappointed when you find out that this is bulletproof car. So they shoot at the window, bing, ricochet, the bullet ricochets off. And every time it does it, you become more, more safe. You feel even more safe because it's proving to you that you're in a safe place. Well, because we don't see our cars as bulletproof, we typically see our cars as vulnerable, and I'm using car as a metaphor for life, we see our lives as vulnerable. It is very easy to push us into more fear because we're just a step away from fear anyway. Most of the time, we don't know if we're going to lose our job. We don't know if our spouse is going to leave us. We don't know if our kids are going to love us or respect us. We don't know if we're going to have food on the table. I'm I'm exaggerating. Most of us know we're going to have food on the table, but we don't know if it's going to be food we like, right? We're like, oh, we don't know if we're going to be able to take that vacation. And all of this is scary. We're trying to create this lifestyle. We don't know if we're going to get it. And what I learned from COVID is that people are so easily scared. All the way back from when we talked about the toilet paper a year ago, and people went crazy thinking about what life was going to be like without toilet paper. It's like, wow, that's interesting. So let me tell you what else I learned. I learned that people can get really mean, but I also learned that people could be really nice. I saw the best and worst of people during the COVID-19 crisis, and I'm not even sure that it's all the way over. I saw so much polarity, like people who I typically have very loving and calm and peaceful relationships with were irate with me at times because I'm pretty nonchalant when it comes to the COVID-19. I'm just not scared. I'm just not. And I'll tell you in a second why I'm not. But I don't understand 
the fear. So I was having conversations with people and because they were in fear, they were triggered. And because they were triggered, they were going like, you know, to 10 or 100 and yelling and basically wanting to like strangle me because I didn't agree with some of the things that the way we were handling it. Now, I don't have any power, so I don't go around talking about it because it just doesn't matter. I, I don't talk about things that I, I can't change. If it's a fight, I can't win it. I'm not fighting. If I know I can win, then I'm going to go in that fight. But I'm just not the type of person that fights just to be fighting. And so, but at times, you know, I would express this to people that are close with and they would get so angry with me. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay, well, that's what I learned. I learned that it's very easy to separate yourself when you don't believe the masses. That's what I'm going to say. I want to say the authorities because that's my belief. My belief was that that the masses saw these certain people as authorities. These authorities were trickling down information. It was limited amount of information. It was specific information. They were leaving some things out. And because they left those things out, nobody asked, where's the rest of the information? They just took the information that was given to them and, and, and it created fear in them. And because they were already close to fear, because we're stressed out, you know, I talk about stress a lot because we're stressed out and we're already in fear. Cortisol is pumping through our bodies all the time for many of us, you know, not those of us who are doing our work every day, but for many of us, cortisol is just pumping through our bodies and we're so afraid. And then the moment we get even more bad news, like COVID, we, it triggers us even more and more cortisol pumps and we can't get what we need. We can't get the dopamine, the serotonin, the you know, the the oxytocin, the all the the the, the good feeling hormones pumping in, in our bodies because cortisol is strong. It is strong. It is very strong and it can when it's pumping in your body, it's shutting down your body. So just think if you're already stressed out because of what's happening at work Part of you wants to quit your job. Part of you hopes you get fired, but at the same time, you wish you didn't get fired. And the same thing with entrepreneurs, you know, you are stressed out about this company you're running and part of you wish that you could quit and just say, freak it. And another part of you wishes that all your clients would just go away and this stress will go away too. And then, but you're like, wait, but don't go away. I need you. And so do you see how hard that could be for a person, how stressful. You're like, yeah, okay, that's my life. But not everybody lives like that. Many people have meditated several times a day and gotten control over their emotions and they understand what they control, especially those who have taken the control of controllable course. Yep, shameless plug there. They really do have an, a sense of what they control, which then makes you feel more peaceful. Now, talking about what you control, one of those things you do control, and this is where I was going, is your immune system. And remember earlier I said I'm not afraid. The reason why I'm not is because I work every day towards my immune system. Like everything that I do on a on a life's basis, a life's basis, I don't know if you understand what I mean by that, but like my life is based around boosting my immune system. That is, that is my everyday, that is what I am doing. 
So peace is a priority of mine, but the reason why peace is my priority is because I know that that boosts my immune system. Because if cortisol is pumping in my body, then my body is shutting down things that it doesn't need, including the immune system. You don't need the immune system if you're running from a saber-toothed tiger. And if your body is always in survivor mode, then it feels like it's running from a saber-toothed tiger or a lion or a bear or whatever the thing is that you're afraid of. Call it whatever you like. COVID was that bear. COVID was that saber-toothed tiger. And so aside from the saber-toothed tiger that you were already running from, now a bear addict came. So now you're running from two deadly predators and your body says, well, we don't need an immune system. We might not even be alive. Immune system is kind of a long-term play. And so body's like, we won't even be alive. Let's just keep the organs that we need, which we don't need all of them. We'll just keep the ones we need. We really don't need a lot of blood going to the arms because we just need enough to pump our arms to keep us running. Right. But not so much that if the saber tooth tiger bit us, that we would bleed out. So it's just going to give us just the right amount of blood to keep us moving. And it's going to contain a lot in our, like, and that's why your gut is often, your stomach is often just in butterflies. That's why you feel that stress there because your body is just pumping that cortisol. So I learned that many people live in fear. Many people are living off of cortisol. They can't access the other hormones in their body. And I don't even know that they know that. And I also, and I've learned that when you tell people that when they're in cortisol, when they're in stress, they just can't hear you. You might have heard me say when emotions are high, logic is low. I haven't said that in a while, but that is just something I've noticed. I believe I've always believed it. When I became a therapist, I solidified that belief. When emotions are high, logic is low. And so I can't talk to people while they're emotional with my logic. They just won't hear me. So then I have a choice. Do I want to go and get emotional with them so that I can then bring them down to logic? I match them. Do I want to wait till they get to some level of logic and then begin to talk to them then? Now, this I have not quite figured out. I've tried it both ways. Sometimes one works, sometimes the other works. Sometimes neither works. There's no foolproof method to debates and arguments. But what I know for sure is that you need to be um, patient through this whole thing. So that's another thing I learned. I learned patience, that... Lines are longer because we're six feet apart. It looks like the lines are longer, but they're not really. Did you ever stand in line to go into a store? I mean, I know they do that like for Black Friday. I never I never shopped Black Friday, but standing in line to go into a store was so weird. And that had to, I mean, you had to gain some patience since, first of all, I don't even like shopping. So having to go into a store and stand in line before I have to go in there and do something I don't want to do. That took a lot of patience. And that's just one of the examples. I had to become more patient with people because no, not many people believe what I believe when it comes to COVID. You know, there's a lot of theories out there and I subscribe to some of those. That And then that's not to say that COVID is not real. I do believe it's real. I do believe that there's a virus out here affecting people that people are dying from. That is absolutely real. 
there are other things that are happening around it. Like I said earlier, we were given a certain amount of information, but a certain amount of information was left out. And I'm going to ask those questions in just a second because I really do want to know. So if you know the answers, feel free to reply and let me know the answer to some of these questions that I'm asking because I'm telling you what I'm learning and hopefully I'm dropping some nuggets on you. Then you can in turn tell me what you learned because there are different theories out there, but I think who we can really learn from are the healthcare professionals, which is I'm a healthcare professional, but I have a choice. Well, first of all, I'm virtual, so I don't have to see people if I don't want to. We do the presidential experience private retreat that is in person, but I don't have to do that if I don't want to. I have a choice, but not all healthcare professionals have that choice. A lot of them work in hospitals, some of them own private practices where they are seeing patients in their brick and mortar office. And they haven't figured out how to shift to a virtual. Now, that's something that I teach people in my prosperity club and in our one on one presidential experience retreat. But right now that's just, they didn't have that choice. They didn't have that set up. And boy, did I learn how fast people can shift. I saw some people pivot their businesses. It was beautiful to watch, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. I was going back to what I was just stating. It was just so much information out there. I want you to share with me what you know, because there, there was a bunch of information and not all of us were, was getting, we're, not all of us got the information that was out there. We got what they were willing to pump to us. Life has changed a lot. I like a lot of the changes. I like people washing their hands more and cleaning surfaces more and coughing into their sleeves. And I like the restaurants being less hours because I think that people should eat at home, whole food that they can control and they know exactly what's going into it. I eat out as little as possible. I do eat out, especially because in the relationship I am in, that is my boyfriend's sort of like his idea of prosperity going out to eat. So the funny thing is, I just make him order for me. I'm just like, if I have to go out, then you got to figure out what I should eat. But he enjoys it. He loves it. It's like, it's because he's a data scientist. And so for him, like looking at the menu and dissecting the menu and figuring out which thing I can eat and not eat because I eat right for my blood type, right? First of all, I just eat healthy. That's first. But then I also eat right for my blood type. These are ways that I'm boosting my immune system. And then there are foods. So because I eat right for my blood type, there are foods that are inflammatory for my particular blood type. And Inflammation is what where disease lives. You know, when, when there's inflammation there, then disease can set in and come in and, and grow. And so I'm staying away from inflammation. That is a big part of my everyday life. And so what I'm eating foods that are beneficial. And so he has to look at this menu and he has to be pretty much dissected and see what are the foods on this menu that are beneficial. Okay, she should order this dish. So I'm not ordering based on what I think is going to taste good to me. I'm like, oh, that sounds like it. That would be good. That sounds like I don't really order like that. I order like which one of these dishes is going to benefit me. And now that I am what, how many minutes into this episode? 24 or so minutes into this episode. I just dropped the absolute 
biggest bomb? Did you hear that bomb drop? Did you pick it up? Yeah. What is going to benefit me? That is really what this whole episode is about. Doing in life what's going to benefit you. So I'm not going to get the COVID-19 vaccine. I don't get vaccines. It's not the first vaccine I didn't get. So I didn't grow up getting vaccines. And I, I focus on living a healthy life. That is my focus. So I will do everything in my power to stay away from that vaccine, even if it means I can't go here or or participate in this thing, then I just can't do that because I'm not getting that vaccine. But on the other hand, there are people who believe that the vaccine is the best thing for their lives. And that that is their belief. My belief is that it's not. Their belief is that it is. Then they should be doing what is beneficial for their lives. I don't control what's beneficial for their lives. And it doesn't even matter what I believe. And you don't even have to get so upset with me for believing differently. Hey there, I know you want to become a prosperity pro. And one of the ways to do that is to take our money mentality quiz. Now at Presidential Lifestyle, we call your money personality, your money mentality. And we've learned that your money mentality is your money reality, whether you deserve it or not. Now, in my years of clinical practice, I found there are seven money mentality types. Do you know your money mentality? Well, you should, because not knowing it could be holding you back from getting to your next level financially. Maybe you're a spender or saver, or you could be an enthusiast or a hero. Now, I know you may not have heard of the last two, but if you take the quiz, you'll find out your money mentality. It's easy, fun. And only takes three minutes because you already know all the answers. Take the money mentality quiz. It'll help you name your money personality so you can tame your thoughts, feelings, and actions around money. So go ahead, take the quiz. The link is in the show notes. And you might even want to share it with a friend. So here, I'm gonna in a second. I'm gonna tell you some questions, and right, and there's a question right around that vaccine too, that I don't understand, and I, and I really want to get clear on it. But all of that to say, I do what's beneficial for me. I don't. I like that restaurants are not open 24 hours. We're here in Vegas. There are lots still open 24 hours, but I like that restaurants are are closing. That those workers get to spend time with their families. That is one of the toughest jobs ever. The, the tourism and restaurant and healthcare, these are people who are vulnerable to any of the things that, that are out there, not just COVID-19. And the barbers and the hairstylists, same thing. Communicable diseases, there's not just one. Now, COVID-19 is the, the one that we're talking about the most right now, and it has created a lot of deaths. But there are other things that created a lot of deaths too, including stress. But we don't have a fight against stress. That upsets me. I wish we were as vigilant against stress as we are against COVID. Because if we were, then we could build our immune systems. We wouldn't have to wear masks so much. We could. But we, I mean, when you think about it, the doctor wears a mask. He walks into a room. He has on whatever clothing he needs to have on, the protection clothing, including his mask or her mask. And when she walks out of that room, 
she takes that off and throws that away. She doesn't wear that all day long, including that mask, including those gloves. She doesn't wear those gloves all day long. Are we not thinking about that? Well, if you're going to wear the gloves all day long, then what's the difference between the gloves or your hand? And you're not even washing the gloves. Hmm. This does take me to my questions. Let's go to my questions. Here's some questions that I have. Maybe you can help me. So I just told you what I've learned from COVID and maybe one or two things might pop up as we go along. And the only reason I'm having this episode is because I want us to continue to talk about what happened, not argue and not fuss and fight and and polarize ourselves, but just discuss what just happened. What did we just experience? What do we learn from it? What can we teach each other? What is there still out there to learn? What questions do we have? So here are some of the questions I have. Did anybody get the flu this year or in the last 12 months? Did anybody get the flu? And if the answer is no, what had, where did the flu go? Where did the flu go? So whatever, wherever the flu went, whatever we did to make the flu disappear, couldn't we just use that to make COVID disappear? Oh, no, we couldn't do that because we have to create another virus in order to do that. Okay, so no, we don't want to do that. But where did the flu go? That's just my question. I want to know where did the flu go? Now, one might say, well, we were in our homes and so it was less ability for the flu to spread, but COVID was able to spread. So why wasn't the flu able to spread? Don't understand that. This is a question I have. Maybe someone can help me answer it. And so staying on that lines of the flu, I don't know if you know this, and these numbers are really tough to find these days, but people died of the flu every year. Sometimes old people, sometimes people who have core comorbid diseases, some, many people. And the number that I remember was around 100,000. That is the number that I remember. Now I could be off on that. And the reason I could be off on it is because I tried to research it, but it's very difficult to find those numbers right now. They don't want to talk about the flu right now. So I had a tough time finding the numbers. Now, I am not a researcher by any stretch of the imagination. I am weak at research, but I've looked at these numbers in the past before. I was able to find them, but now I'm not able to find them. So maybe you can help me find those numbers. How many people normally contracted the flu, first of all, and secondly, died of the flu? And where did they go? Why did they, why, why is it not happening now, this year? What blocked the flu? If some people did die of the flu, I'm just interested to know. Just curious. Now my questions go to the vaccine. How were they so quick with the vaccine? How were they able to create a vaccine that quickly? Because in the past, they hadn't been. And in the past, the vaccine needed to be tested. And I, in one of the videos I watched, they said, is the vaccine safe? The question was, is the vaccine safe for pregnant women? Great question. Because my daughter was pregnant during the COVID-19 pandemic. And so, but the vaccine wasn't 
out yet. And I don't think she would have gotten it. But I would have hoped that she wouldn't have. But the answer to that question that the healthcare professional gave, the doctor said, yes, it is safe for women who are pregnant. How could they possibly know that? Wouldn't they have to have tested it on a woman who was pregnant and then waited for the baby to be born and then seeing what effect it had on the baby. And maybe it wouldn't even have an effect when the baby was first born because haven't you heard of older vaccines that did have effect on babies when women were vaccinated? Yeah. Now we can do some research on those old vaccines, but that's not even the point here. I'm just saying it's happened before that vaccines have affected unborn children when pregnant women receive them. So how could they answer yes to that? We don't know. We didn't have enough time to test it. And I would never want my daughter to be injected with a vaccine holding my grandchild. And we don't know what will happen. There's already enough risk in pregnancy of what can happen to a baby. We don't want to give something that we had control over. Especially if that woman is at low risk. So that's probably what somebody is saying right now. Well, the woman, the pregnant woman wouldn't get it if she was low risk. So it's just a question of mine. Now, uh, another question about the vaccine is this. If you have the vaccine and I don't have the vaccine and then I get COVID, can I infect you? I know, let's think about that. If you have the vaccine, I do not have the vaccine. I get COVID, can I infect or pass it to you? Now, ideally, you would want that answer to be no, right? You have the vaccine, so you should be safe. You should be in your bulletproof car. So people are getting really upset because they want everybody to be vaccinated. But would it be okay if just the people who were afraid and who wanted the vaccine got the vaccine? Since they are now protected, even if I shot my gun at their car, it wouldn't penetrate them because they're in a bulletproof car. Or are you telling me that the vaccine doesn't protect them? Because if the vaccine does protect them and they won't be affected if I'm infected, then why are we so upset and making everybody take it? The people who don't want it, just let them get COVID if they don't want to take the virus. If they are taking that risk, let them take that risk. Or... And I know somebody's going to have something to say about that, but please, and please, I welcome it because I want to be educated on this, but this is where I am with it. So I'm just sharing where I am with it and you can chime in and say where you are with it. But if I can infect you, if you have the vaccine, I get COVID and I infect you, then what was the point in the vaccine? The flu shot is very much like this. You can have the flu shot and still get the flu. You know why? Because the flu shot is usually last year's flu. So you won't get last year's flu, but you 
we'll get this year's flu because the flu virus mutates just like any virus. So we can create these COVID. So are we getting now we're going to get flu shots and COVID shots every year? No way. But nowhere, nowhere are we talking about boosting our immune system, which takes me to my next question. Why can't I find any videos of just, so there's plenty of COVID videos out there. Like, here's what you do to fight COVID. And I didn't find one, and maybe you can forward me one, that says, boost your immune system. Nowhere in there. It's like, wash your hands, you know, sanitize things, clean the surfaces, wear your mask, stand six feet away from people. Not one time did I hear, eat well, boost your immune system. Eat fruits and vegetables, eat for your blood type, lower your inflammatory foods so that you can keep producing healthy cells in your body. And that they can do the job themselves because our bodies are built to fight for us. Now, they don't always win. Yes, we, but we win when we have been giving our bodies a fighting chance. And so that is also what I've learned. People don't want to give their bodies a fighting chance. They much rather depend on a mask. It's just not going to do enough. So my update is really around what can you do? Many of you listening are healthcare professionals yourself. So some of you, I know I've had conversations Well, not, I mean, there's thousands of listeners, but some of you, a few of you I've had conversations with, and we disagree. You are a fan of the vaccine and, and you, you've gotten it yourself and you are telling other people to get it. And, and that's okay. That's your work. That's your life's work. And that is what you were put here to do. And I was put here to ask people to take some responsibility for their body. Control the controllables. You control what you put in your body. You control what you put in your brain. You don't have to continue to watch the news and let them create cortisol in your body. You control that. You even control who you go around. So if you have some idea that somebody is infected with anything, you can decide whether you want to hang around that person. Now, as a healthcare professional myself, and I am a therapist, but outside of my work as a therapist, in my family, in my community, I do more. But it's usually on the holistic side, not, not medication side. Why? Because I can't prescribe anything, even if I did subscribe to prescribing. <laughs> yeah, you know I love that sentence. Even if I did, I am not licensed to do that. So it's not even on the table. It's not even something I could do. So what I do is I use food, fruit, vegetables. I use herbs, minerals, vitamins. Those are my recommendations. Those are my suggestions. And I always go there first. And more so on the preventive side, the work that I teach on a regular basis, all on preventive. And then if you do the things, if you get sleep, if you are vigilant about your nutrition, if your physical activity is there, and I don't necessarily mean going to the gym, I just mean physical activity. If you're keeping your stress level down by meditating, 
and controlling the controllable. If you're getting control of your money, one of the number one causes of stress, really the number one cause of stress. If you get control of your money, and getting control of your money doesn't necessarily mean making more. Please understand that. I don't have billions of dollars, but I do have control of my money. And when I don't have control of my money, I have those conversations and I say, hey, look, my company just had to let go of several people and we lost this many clients. And can we have a conversation on what this could look like going forward? Because I don't have control of my money right now. COVID just shut down a big part of my business and we can't do any private retreats right now. So can we talk about that? Money is a conversation. But if you're too stressed to have that conversation, if you've been faking it till you make it, it's going to be very difficult for you to have that conversation. But if you act as if, act as if your body is important to you, act as if your emotions are important to you, protect them, put a bulletproof car around your body, put a bulletproof car around your emotions, put a bulletproof car around your mental state that you control. That vaccine is going to look like control. But I don't know if it is. That mask makes you feel like you're in control, but I don't know if it is. But do all the things. Wear the mask, wash your hands, clean the surfaces. You know, even get the vaccine if that's right for you. Whatever you can do, but don't let it control you. And that's the last thing that I would say. What I learned about COVID-19 is that people are so willing to give up their power, even the little power they have, to be led. And that is the one thing that scares me. All right. (laughs) There are many happy episodes out there. This ain't one of them. (laughs) Yeah, this ain't one of them. I wanted to say it just like that. (laughs) So if you're looking for a happy episode, I'll put some in the show notes. I'll put like two or three in the show notes so you can get all excited. I'll put our earlier, I think I did one in January about COVID. I'll put that in there, but then I'll put two other, maybe two other ones that'll make you smile because I know you're probably fussing at me right now. And and maybe you're not. Maybe you're like, oh my gosh, thank you for bringing this to my attention. I guess I wasn't putting as much emphasis on my immune system or telling my patients to focus on their immune system. Maybe I was putting my control in somebody else's hands and I'm going to take my control back. So that is, that warms my heart. It does. Because Embracing wealth in all of its forms is what I'm all about. That's what I'm here to talk about. And today that was mostly around our health. Do a little money conversation in there too, because I mean, it's almost no way I can talk without talking about money. So if you're embracing wealth in all of its forms, you're going to have a prosperous life. But if you're not doing that, then keep listening. Keep joining the things that we, we, the resources that we offer to you. The two, keep doing the tips that we give you. Use the tools. It's all there for you. Don't let the limited information that is out there for you keep you there. Like you're here, you're with us. 
And then share, share with us. We want to know what you're learning too. I am so open to it. I don't have to be right. Now, a lot of times I'm sure about what I'm saying, but I don't have to be right. So share. And I want to see you soon. Okay? Good. I'm looking forward to it. So that's our episode for today, my prosperos. So that's our episode for today, my prosperos. I will see you sooner. Next week, same place, same time. At your convenience, I'm here for you. Gandhi said, your beliefs become your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your values. Your values become your destiny. So in essence, your beliefs eventually become your destiny. So in order to take control of your destiny, you have to first take control of your beliefs. But here's the thing. Most of us are controlled by our societal programming. Now you may be asking yourself or me, what's societal programming? Societal programming is all the messages you've heard over and over and over again. Like money doesn't grow on trees or like it's better to give than to receive. Those statements repeated eventually became your beliefs, but you can overcome it. And that's why I created my Path to Prosperity Workshop. Register today. It is the best two hours you will invest in your business and your life. I'll show you what societal programming is, help you gain clarity on your specific programming, and I'll give you a sample hypnotherapy session at the end so you can start breaking through your societal program immediately. Take control of your destiny. Register now. The link is in the show notes so you can get on the path to prosperity. I'll see you there. Thanks for listening all the way to the end, my prosperity pro. I want to stay connected with you. Here are four ways. Pick the one that works best for you if you want to stay connected with me. One, if you have any questions, I'd love to answer them. Send them to podcast at presidentiallifestyle.com. I'd love it if you would make a one or two minute audio message and attach it to an email. That'd be the easiest way for me to get it. Ask me anything about creating a life of meaning over money and I'll get you an answer. Remember the email address is podcast at presidentiallifestyle.com. Two, subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends because you guys might want to have a discussion about it, especially if they're a CEO who wants to shift from the old American dream to a life of meaning. Three, we try not to have any sponsors on this show unless they are truly in line with our values. I mean, really a good fit. So that means we fund this podcast ourselves. I'd like you to take a look at our resource page to see if there's any products or services that we recommend that are right for you. If not, no worries, maybe later. If so, please use our affiliate link to purchase. Thank you in advance for doing that. You are such an amazing person. Okay, four and last. If you want to know what's happening 
over here at Presidential Lifestyle and you want us to email you the update, then go to presidentiallifestyle.com slash blog slash now. And you'll see the current updated blog for the week, but you'll also see a link to subscribe to that blog. We can email it to you if you like. That's presidentiallifestyle.com slash blog slash now. Don't worry, you don't have to remember that link or any links. They're all in the show notes. Oh, and I forgot to say, if you're enjoying this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review and tell us how much you're enjoying it. And now for the legalese. This podcast is not to replace professional counsel. The best advice is from a professional who knows you and your specific situation. The topics discussed in this podcast are general in nature and for informational or entertainment purposes only. We encourage you to meet with a professional that you can discuss your specific situation with. Whether you choose us or someone else, one-on-one counsel is important, whether it's a financial, therapeutic, legal, or other decision. So that's all for now. I'll see you next episode. And remember, you can have wealth in all of its forms. Believe it, and you'll soon see it.